Let's talk transfers, yeah? Uh, yeah? Because yeah, we got some craziness happening right now. Can we talk about one that's already done? Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Because yeah, yeah. yeah. uh, I, I do want to know what you think about this. Because I'm, I'm, I am a little shocked, but I'm also just not obviously. But Leandro Trossard to Arsenal. Oh shit! Yeah, that actually did kind of surprise me a little bit because he's a luxury player, and the team that Arsenal have already accrued for this specific season, I don't think requires that type of player. I think they already have all of the pieces. Now, does it hurt to have Trossard? No, no, no. It's actually the opposite. They Arsenal will only benefit by having a guy like Trossard with the class and ability that he has on the ball. It's only going to benefit Arsenal in a very positive light. But it's just like, I'm kind of surprised that they went for him now because do they really, really need him? That's my ultimate question. Do they really need Trossard? Because I liken Trossard to let's say an Antoine Griezmann, or maybe like a Hakim Ziyech, a player that's incredibly creative, is it very offensive, but in my opinion, I think a player like Trossard might be better suited with a team like Brighton, a team that allows him to do whatever the hell he wants out on that pitch. The thing is, we've seen so many examples of players who are like that go to a team that has more successful, but is more of a system yeah, yeah. and struggle. Yeah. Jack Grealish, I think, is a perfect example of that. At Aston Villa, the play was get the ball to Jack. Now going with Pep, he's had to you know, do a little bit more, become a part of Manchester City's system. And it's taken him a while, bro. I would actually say probably a full season for him to actually get going. It wasn't until this year that he's kind of playing at a high level now, I would say. But even look at Griezmann. He went to Barcelona and... We saw what happened yeah. there. It literally did not work out. And I could say the same thing about Ziyech, yeah, who is now Ziyech, set to get Ziyech, loaned yeah. out. My ultimate worry here, it's only a worry. It's not a prediction. But my only worry here is, is Trossard truly luxury? Because if he is, I'm a little concerned if he will fully fit into Arsenal's system. Now, here's the thing. If Trossard ends up being a team player, and says, you know what, Arteta, just put me in in any position you want. Let me know your rules, your game plan, and I will abide by it, and I'll just use my skill on the ball to help the team. If he does that, man, he's going to have a hell of a career at Arsenal. Yeah. A hell of a career. So I'm going to be really curious to see how these next six, five months go because I think it could go literally either way. Trossard could either become another star for Arsenal or does Arteta just continue with starting Martinelli out on the left, yeah. who's had an incredible season, man. And... Martinelli, in my opinion, is a little bit more direct, but I also think that's why it's working for Arsenal because Arteta likes out-and-out out direct wingers. Sokka on one side, Martinelli on the other, and then you have Odegaard being the creator. Where does Trossard really fit if all of those other players are healthy? Do you want Trossard to be out on the left, but he's going to be less direct? Or would you want Trossard more in the middle, but you're out of Odegaard there. You don't want two number 10s dictating the offense of this team. So I'm a little worried, like, what if Arteta's like, ah... Trossard, you're just going to have to always be on the bench. You're going to be my, you know, 12th man, 13th man, whatever it is. If Trossard's okay with that, then, you know, then great. Great for Arsenal, great for Trossard. I'm just interested to see how Trossard's career path goes with Arsenal. And it, it, But again, if this really does work out, then it's a hell of a signing, and Trossard's going to win some silverware, bro. Yeah, I, I think it's a necessary signing. I think a team like Arsenal with the momentum that they have right now and the culture that they're trying to build, I feel like I felt like it was a necessary move because now they've kind of announced themselves as a big team now with what they've been able to do this That's season. True. And the moment that you become a part of that 
that title of that elite category, you got to start making moves like this immediately. And I love yeah. what I see. I love seeing Arsenal actually commit to it and do it and actually get a really good deal out of it. Yeah. Because you think about Z, you think about like Zach, Zach Grealish. <laughs> Zach Grealish. <laughs> Different player. You think about Jack Grealish. I think his, his, his situation is highlighted because he was so fucking expensive yeah. to essentially become a system player. Trossard cost 30 mil, I believe, bro. That's a deal in today's market. And he immediately inserted himself into the starting lineup for the FA Cup match yeah. against uh, Man City. So it's clear that he has Arteta's trust. But I do agree. His role is going to completely diminish or completely change. And we don't know how Trossard will eventually look. But with how he played at Brighton and kind of his attitude, I do think he'll be successful because yeah. he's always struck me as a as a team player, as you say, as a pretty humble Belgian, man. Mm -hmm. And so I hope that he can have that humility and ability to just integrate himself into this Arsenal team because if he does, each, if he tries to do anything beyond that and if he becomes a little egotistic here with his role and wants more playing time, it's going to mess with everything that Arsenal has offensively yeah. going for them. I think it's a good signing. I think it was a necessary signing. But yes, there's always a risk with any signing whatsoever. That's true. There's always going to be that risk. Yeah. In regards to risk, and players going places where sometimes it's one some of the most unexpected things to see. I saw one of the most random transfers that is official as of today. And I want to get your take on it yeah. and see what you think. It's over in the Bundesliga where we have Isco being signed by Union Berlin. Wow. That whoa, really? Yes. Did not know about official, that. One. Done. Uh pen to paper. Seal deal. Isco is going from Sevilla over to Union Berlin, who is in second place in the Bundesliga right, right now. Right. And I just think that's one of the most bizarre transfers because I just don't feel like we usually see transfers like this, man. We yeah, really don't from a team that's like a, a like a, like a Union Berlin. Yeah. I mean, props to them, bro, for going after a big name like Isco, given he's not playing at the level of what his name once meant, man. That's the thing. I hear it. I'm like, wow, that is a big name just in the whole scope of things. But I might even question if he even plays. Like, he really could just go to Berlin, go to the training sessions, and the coach just ends up being like, all right, Isco, you're a good player. You were an amazing player, but you're probably just going to be coming off the bench. Or maybe you get in the cup games. I don't even know if Berlin's still in the cup. Damn. Stuff like that because, I mean, Isco's realistically just not even playing at a high level anymore. I haven't seen him play at a high level for... A long time and probably since pre-COVID era, honestly, and so this could be, this could be honestly like a non-factor. Like, will he even have an impact on Union Berlin, who are without him, getting really close yes. to title contention yes. here, fighting Bayern Munich in the Bundesliga this year? So it's an interesting signing. I don't think it can hurt them. I just think it's kind of weird, honestly. But here's the thing. Maybe it could be like Isco's last stand, you know? Maybe it's, it, it's a renaissance. Isco's renaissance in his 30s. He's just trying to play a completely different role in professional football. And maybe it is with Union Berlin. We've kind of seen it with an attacking midfielder like Mario Goetze, right? Oh, yeah. So young, obviously winning the World Cup in 2014. But his career just kind of fell off the face of the earth. Fast forward to his time at PSV to kind of get him back into the motion of playing at a high level. And then he gets a really interesting move to Eintracht Frankfurt and is actually a part of the starting, starting lineup week in, week out. 
So maybe Isco has a similar thing where he has he's been really quiet from a professional standpoint for a couple years now, but maybe he's trying to make a comeback. And if if so, that actually be kind of dope. It'd be awesome. That'd man. be dope. It'd be awesome. And I think the and it'd be nice if we saw Malaga Isco for a little bit, man. Who knows if he has that explosiveness in him anymore? But at the very least, he can be a smart, experienced player for this team that is seeking silverware, bro. And he has won it in the past. He's worked as a rotational player for Real Madrid, yeah. honestly, at his peak. So maybe he can reinvigorate himself and find a role for himself in this team but just a crazy name-to-name -name transfer bro yeah that's so true though <laughs> <laughs> that is true a fun one though that i really want to get your thoughts on a fun transfer that i've seen that is completed as well weston mckinney no weston way mckinney where's he gone going to leeds oh yeah. yeah i saw the rumor for that yeah. but it's official now yeah it's official oh, okay. shit. they already met each other they signed everything it's done man uh, i saw a picture of weston and tyler adams together we see now jesse marsh <laughs> yeah tyler adams brendan aronson and weston mckinney four americans in the premier league right now very clear that's becoming a a landing zone for Dude. u.s men's national team players um, does this feel forced to you? Does it almost feel too like too much? Do, would you rather see them more spread out in other teams, or are you for the whole playing on the same team at club level? Thus, that hopefully can translate to the international level. Yeah, my first reaction to the transfer is, how many Americans does it take to become too many Americans? Uh, three in, in one club, and they're all probably gonna start. Yeah, because McKinney is a good player, and he can dominate the center of the pitch. So I don't see why he wouldn't start alongside Tyler Adams, who already has a place in the team. And then same with Brendan Aronson, who's at the very least going to be coming off the bench as an impact sub. So <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's three Americans all at World Club being led by an American coach. Yeah. I would say, yeah, I think it does feel a little forced. I do think so. But is it a bad thing? I guess not, because McKinney is a good player. He's an upgrade. So Yeah, he's an Honestly. upgrade. He's going to improve the squad. So from that perspective, no, it's a good signing. Yeah. But yeah, I, I do wish just personally he went somewhere else. How about that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Would you, do you think it's a downgrade or an upgrade from, from being at Juventus and a team that's going through what they're going through now, losing 2-0 to Monza at the weekend, by the way. Yeah. We talk about that. Is this an upgrade or a downgrade, or is it a lateral move? Dang. Because now he's at a Premier League club right. that's basically battling relegation. That's a problem. Doesn't have the history of Juventus, but Juventus right now is in the fucking mud, dude. <laughs> <laughs> I would say it's still a downgrade because... If you just ignore the point deduction from Juve, they'd be like in third place right now. So he could just look at the situation as it is and be like, ah, you know, I'm leaving a weird situation. Not that it's normal, but he still is leaving one of the biggest clubs in Italy, one of the most historic as well. And just the club itself has so much world-class talent. If I had Juve right now play against Leeds right now, I probably would uh, still go with Juve. I do uh, think so. Okay. I think I'd put my money on Juventus winning that match. Yeah, because Leeds isn't playing top, top football. They're not that's, playing that's top, top football. Thing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, but here's, here's the positive, though. He's going to the Prem. Yep. And the exposure he's going to get, especially since they're going to be speaking the same language just on a day-to-day -day basis, it's going to be very easy transition for him, especially since he has three other Americans already at the club. So from that perspective, I would say it's an upgrade. Like emotionally, socially, it's yeah. an upgrade. But yeah, like again, legacy-wise, historically, I, I still think Juve is the bigger and just better situation, even though with the, even with the point deduction. Yeah. Joao Cancelo. Yeah. 
<laughs> Do I need to finish the sentence, man? <laughs> Joao Cancelo. I had noticed. Bayern. I, I, yeah, sorry. No, go ahead. No, no, go ahead. Okay. Oh, my bad. Please. No, I had noticed that Pep wasn't playing in the last like six games. Yeah. Nothing. Like not even like a minute or two here or there. He just straight up was not playing Joao Cancelo, and I was like, huh, interesting. Yeah, yeah. I was like. Cancelo's not going to be okay with that because prior to the new year, Cancelo was playing every goddamn match, was in the Premier League team of the year for two seasons in a row, was considered the most dynamic and offensive fullback in the world, and he achieved so much with Manchester City, and all of a sudden for Pep to just bench his ass, I was like, that's something's got to be going on behind the scenes. Maybe not a transfer. I thought at the very least maybe a spat between yeah, him and Pep. Yeah. Something. Or maybe like an injury no one was talking about. I have no idea. But I knew something was up. I did not see it ending with him going to Bayern, though. I just don't see it like that. I just this, didn't man. see it like that. I don't because he's been such a crucial piece for them in that position for the past few years, man, in which mm. they've achieved so much success. And it kind of just gets me because I'm seeing a lot of people applaud Pep for this move because mm. they because it's so cutthroat in the sense that the moment that you are done being informed, you are out, bro. Shit. You are out. Whereas we see coaches run the wheels off some of their players That's until true. they can't go. For example, I'm looking at you, Klopp, playing James Milner at 37 years old or some shit in the midfield. Like, yeah. shit like that. So in that sense, I would prefer if the moment a player falls off, you just cut his ass. Yeah. But I also feel that most coaches don't have the luxury to be able to do that because mm. only a name like Pep has the weight and the gravity and the pool to be like, I have Joao Cancelo on my team, a top three fullback, and many times a number one fullback when he's on it, playing at a low level. Yeah. Fuck what he's done. I'm done with you, brother. Yeah. Have fun at Bayern. I'll see you if you improve. Thus, I'm putting you on a loan deal. But besides that, you find your form, do your shit. You'll get playing time. But with me, it's not going to happen. Yeah. It's just, it just isn't. And I just think, I think that's harsh. I think it's harsh, bro. <laughs> it's, I, I don't know. It sounds harsh. I don't man. know if it's the right, like, what mentally, how does Joel Cancelo, can he bounce back from something like this? Can he? Yeah, like, will he ever reach the level that he had at Manchester City? Yeah. Like, even with a really good Bayern team, will he be the exact same? I, I don't know. Yeah, I wonder. I wonder. But I, I, my biggest thing is, is what happened? Like, yes. Like, man. beyond just a little bit of form loss, because I will say he had a bad World Cup. Cancelo actually yeah, was yeah. pretty shit. Uh, for Portugal in the World Cup, and I was I was shocked at how poor he performed, but to the, to extend that to an entire club season for him for Pep to be like I just saw it a form I gotta let him go, I feel like I feel like it definitely was an element of that, but I, I want to say it was some sense of ego here too. It has to be where man. Cancelo was, you know, like I said in the Premier League Team of the Year two seasons in a row again was considered such an offensively good fullback, but then for Pep to still question his starting position. That could fuck with you as a player. Yeah, if you're man. like, dude, I'm playing at the highest level and you still might bench me for Nathan Ake. Yeah. That could, that could definitely mess with you. Uh, but at the end of the day, like you said, Pep just sees it as it is. Even if Cancelo is the better offensive option, maybe in the moment, Ake is the better overall option. But maybe Cancelo can't see that. And so for the good of the team, he just can't be that team player and therefore is like, I want out or I'm not playing no yeah. more. Or he's just maybe in a bad bit of form because he can't find that motivation. I'm just saying there's got to be so many different factors yeah. that nobody knows other than maybe Pep and Joao Cancelo himself. 
You think Rico Lewis is involved here? <laughs> <laughs> I, I definitely yeah. would if he played on the other side. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's just the thing is they don't have that much depth in that position. I mean, they have no. Nathan Ake, Kyle Walker, and uh, Rico Lewis could be inverted could. in that situation, but that's kind of it. I just I just don't see why you wouldn't just keep him on the roster at right. the very least, man, just yeah. to have that depth. But I think something, yeah, like you said, something personal had to happen for him to ship his ass off to Germany, man. Yeah. And the thing is, is going to Bayern, he's going to be with a top team that is trying to win the Bundesliga that's still in Champions League. So he's not missing out on that. Mm -hmm. There's a good chance he still gets silverware at the end of the year. And, and... Unlike the situation in Manchester City, he is guaranteed to play for them if he's there. Yeah. Guaranteed. Masrari's out injured, and apparently Pavard's just not yep. cutting it there anymore, and yep. he wants out. So, Gonzalo goes to Bayern. He's going to play pretty much every game from what I can see. Yeah, still top-level quality matches, too. Yeah. So. Damn. It would just be interesting to see him in that red jersey just like that, bro. Germany, just like that. Man, yeah. Just like he's that. He's had so a quick. crazy resume, honestly, bro. Yeah, like, true. Juventus, then to Manchester City, and then now to Bayern Munich. Like, yeah. good God. You hear that Enzo Fernandez is still linked to Chelsea? There were reports of him going like three weeks ago at the beginning of this month. I thought that they were squashed. I thought there was a moment where Chelsea went for Fernandez, Roger Schmidt, the coach of Benfica, and Benfica as a club said no. They're like, no, 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 no. Fernandez just won the World Cup with Argentina. He is very much a Benfica player. If you want them, we can only start conversations that start with 120 million euros. Yep. yep. And I thought that I thought it was done. I thought Chelsea were like, ah, shit, we're not going to do it in the winter transfer window. We'll get them later, or maybe we just don't even go for them at all anymore because of that. And I thought it worked. I was like, wow, Benfica actually kind of put their foot down here. They're still in the Champions League, having an incredible season this year. Very successful in both tournaments, Champions League and the Primera Liga in Portugal. And I was like, oh, wow. Like, and Schmidt even came out himself. He's like, Fernandez is a Benfica player. He is ours. We're in a competitive league. We're in the Champions League. He has no reason to leave. And then now all these reports saying that it's looking like Chelsea's going to go for it one last time, pay a lot of money, 100 million euros on the minimum. And apparently, too, that Fernandez has gone to Roger Schmidt and Benfica and say, I want out, guys. I don't want no more of this. And I'm just like, damn. Yeah. I guess I'm like, damn, because it would have been cool to see what Benfica could have done with a full oh, squad in sure. the Champions League. That's the one yes. thing I'm worried about. I still think the deal is not done. I think it's set to literally be a deadline transfer. So by the time this pod comes out, the people will know what happens or did not happen. But yeah, if he does end up going to Chelsea, I'm going to be just really, really bummed for Benfica specifically. I wouldn't be that bummed, though. He the, dominates the midfield, bro. bro. No, but, but, bro, this is literally Benfica's transfer dream, man. Oh, you're $10 right. $10 million purchase for Enzo, 12 times over. Yeah. $120 million. You will be fine financially for the rest of the, for the next decade with this purchase, man. Yeah. You'll be fine to continue searching and scavenging the world football scene to look for your next Enzo replacement. Yes, it hurts and it sucks that we won't be able to see this, this team come to full fruition, but I'm on the money side today, bro. <laughs> I'm thinking bags today, yeah, bro. Man. I'm thinking, bro, 10, you put in 10 bucks, you get 120 bucks back? Yeah. That's, that's, that's a, the dream situation when yeah. it comes to buying a player for cheap and hoping that he becomes something incredible. It just sucks, though, that even Enzo himself kind of wanted out. 
That, that's like, a little he weird. He couldn't wait till the summer out of respect for what Benfica did in terms of putting him on a platform. Yeah. And to just not be willing to stay there until the summer, it's kind of similar to what we're seeing with Caicedo as well, man. He's not even showing up to training anymore. He's like, I want out. I'm ready to go. <sighs> And it sucks for Brighton because that must be like the fourth time they've heard this this season, man. Oh, yeah. They've lost so many Potter, players. Potter, Trostar <laughs> now, Caicedo. Yes. They've lost Cucurella in the Cucurella summer. Cucurella last yeah. year. Kusuma, like, they just one by one. They're just shooting them off, man. <laughs> and they're just leaving. And they're just giving up on the project. I get it. I get it happening in the summer like how Cucurella and Basuma did. I get that. But in the middle of a season, it's just harsh, bro. It's harsh. Gosh. It's a little selfish. And Enzo... I'm sure if Benfica continues their success, he probably would have been even more expensive in the summer, or at the very least, Ooh. I don't think he would have dropped in value. No, no, so, no, no, no. He would so not have dropped. Not, why not be willing to do it then, man? Yeah. Chelsea, once again, just continues there. They're crazy, crazy. Honestly, all-time type of uh, transfer oh, yeah. window, man. Yeah. I, I was thinking about this earlier, man. I've never seen something like this. Yeah, this is like, crazy. Uh, ignoring the financial fair play stuff, ignoring the, the money involved and whether if it's right or wrong and the ethics, I've just never seen a club revamp like this, man. Yeah, and spend that much that quickly. Yes. It's like they put a cheat code to where they start out with $10 billion, you know? Yeah. Like they can just spend and literally spend as much money as they want and buy whoever they want. It is unheralded, bro. Yeah. And I, again, I've already said it. I'm not okay with it. But yeah, to just to go back to the Benfica stance, I get it. You're right. At the end of the day, they're not going to lose here. Yeah. You know, they're not, there's no losers here. Right. Unless you're a Benfica fan, because yeah. you don't get that money. <laughs> you get it, maybe. Yeah, that's like, true. You get it like the investment fan. in the idea that maybe you find another Enzo Fernandez, but it always ends the same way in heartbreak, sucks, in mid season heartbreak. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it is crazy because that's the thing, though. Benfica don't need it no more, man. How is it that expensive to run a club in Portugal? Because, because in the last like what three years they sold Joao Felix for over a hundred million dollars. They just sold Darwin Nunez for like what eighty, ninety, hundred million dollars, yeah. and now they are set to sell Enzo Fernandez within the same twelve months for another hundred twenty mil. That's over three hundred million dollars in the space of like two, three years. And and they've probably made more off of just other bit part players too. And then, you know, before that, Renato Sanchez was an expensive transfer outside of Benfica too. But I'm just like, when when is enough enough? Or I guess with money, it there, there is no, there's no such thing as enough. You can always get a deal. Yeah, and so at the end of the day, Benfica's will never leave the idea of being a selling club. We brought this up before. I want to say yeah, recently, yeah, yeah. like right before the World Cup, you had brought about the question is, when will Benfica ever stop being a selling club or are they a selling club? Just something along those lines. And for them to sell Enzo Fernandez mid-season, I think just shows that they are truly the definition of a selling club. A and it, yeah, 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 they're a feeder. And that is their number one priority. It isn't yeah. winning the Primera Liga. It isn't being competitive in Champions League. It is selling players at a really high price. Yeah, the uh, and I think that's true. But I also think that's why players go there is because they know that that's the stepping Ooh. stone. I don't think they can pull players like that if they have a different mindset of we're going to get you and we're going to keep you here for the next decade if you're good. I think players would then sway away from that. Wow. I would prefer to be like, in Barcelona B, for example, or being yeah, the would, second wow. team of Man City. And so it's just a really toxic oh, relationship God, at the end of the day, man. It's a shitty relationship, in my opinion, because you'll, if you're a Benfica fan, you will never see a team achieve its full potential 
never. with names that you could have had, players you could have had on your team. You'll never fully see it, but you also would have never gotten those players yeah. if it wasn't for the role you play in the world football universe. Wow. Yeah, the day that Benfica sign a young player and put a 250 million release clause. That's when I know they'll want to keep them. Yeah. That's when I'll know, <laughs> but it might not ever happen. Yeah.